0: Hello and welcome to the Grace Podcast, having new conversations about abortion. I'm Angie Wesley, and I'm here today in New York City after a grueling experience on the subway. I'm happy to be sitting down with uh, Caitlin Beatty, who is a writer, a book author, and an editor at Brazos Press. Good to see you again, Caitlin. Yeah,
1: thanks so much for having me. My
0: first time seeing you since you've relocated to New York City from Chicago. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel the need to apologize on behalf of the subway system. <laughs> like it is a constant source of stress for everybody who lives here. So
0: yes, and none more so than Denise Stein, who's with us today too. Hi, everybody. She hates the the subway. I think we're done with the subway for this trip. So thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so Caitlin, I'm trying to think how many years we've known each other. Five or six, maybe. Yeah, and we've been having this conversation about can Christians have a new conversation about abortion? And I don't know how much you thought about it back then. I think you were managing editor of Christianity today when we met. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was such a top of mind issue for you then, but lately it Mm -hmm. has been. And Mm -hmm. I've written, I've read what you've written and retweeted it and loved it. And, um, you know, I know you've spoken about this a bit. So, just wanted to have a conversation with you of what you're seeing mm-hmm. in your world and your sphere of in- influence. Are Christians having this conversation? Mm. Um, and what makes it challenging or where have you seen encouraging things happen? So, just wanted yeah. to open up and ask you what you're experiencing.
1: Yeah. Well, first, I'll say that I think it's really encouraging to see you and the Pro Grace community having these conversations mm. because I don't know how frequently many of us who care about this issue sit down and talk to someone mm. face-to-face mm-hmm. from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, it's easier to engage ideas online right. <laughs> in Twitter flame wars or in mm. Facebook comment sections. Yeah. And I think we most of us walk away from those interactions feeling like we haven't really been understood, mm-hmm. feeling demonized. Yeah because we re- we represent the other side. Right. Um, right. And it's just the nature of our, I think our cultural and political moment that we're very polarized. Mm-hmm. True. And so what needs to happen is to sit down and, and realize we're talking about flesh and blood people and we're, we're all trying to work out this topic, this right. complex topic with other flesh and blood people. Mm-hmm. Right, And none of us are perfect, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> and I think most we can extend... A good faith assumption about even the people who we disagree with to say, yeah, they see this differently. But I think they are trying to come at this topic from a position of compassion or wanting what's best Mm. for other people or wanting fairness. And Mm. that goes both ways. Mm -hmm. Right. But we lack so much. There's a lot of bad faith. Right, yeah, on both sides right now. I was I, gonna
0: say, have you are, have you been able to have some conversations with people who think differently and extended that good faith? Like, mm. have you been in that, or is it something you want to start doing? You know, because you're right, that's not common. Yeah, yeah. the demon the demonization is more common. Right. So
1: right, yeah. So I mean, I the circles that I'm in most of the time are other Christians okay. who either are very committed to the pro-life position and identify that politically as well, or people who are not really sure what they think, but they, and they don't really want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I, I actually would like to have more conversations mm. with, so I, I identify as pro-life for, for different reasons and we can get into those if that's mm-hmm. helpful, but yeah. I, I, want to be in conversation with people who are pro-choice mm-hmm. or people who say, I'm actually, I, I have heard people say, I think I'm actually both pro-life and pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or that these categories don't quite get at what I actually believe yeah. or I don't know what I believe or mm-hmm. my beliefs are changing the more that I learn. Um, so I, I think, um, yeah, we need to be in conversation with each other and I want to be in conversation with people outside the church and outside yeah. the Christian bubble mm-hmm. to understand how my neighbors are approaching this topic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Did you have a question, Denise? We were almost starting at the same time with the question. Right. No,
2: I was just, well, well first of all, I love what you said yeah, about sure. wanting to have, to, to kind of give the person the benefit of the doubt, knowing that we're looking across from somebody who's also flesh and blood, and I love how you said that, trying to work it out for themselves versus demonizing them Mm. before we even sit down and have a conversation. So Mm -hmm. you're in New York City, and you've been here, there's a new law and all that. How Mm. do you think we're doing, Mm. uh, especially in the Christian community, Mm -hmm. in regards to to
1: that? (laughs) Well... Purely based, so it's interesting, I feel like most of us engage this topic in disembodied ways.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, explain that. <clears throat> um, that we have these convictions in our minds that we express online, mm-hmm. or maybe from a teaching perspective, but I don't know how many of us are either in community with people from the other side of the topic. hmm Or the women who, for whom this is a very personal, very real, for them it's not purely, it's not political in the way that we tend to think of it, it's Mm. life. Mm. Right, Mm. exactly. And it's often difficult life circumstances or tricky life circumstances or shameful life circumstances, women feeling a lot of shame and not knowing how to talk about their decisions. Right. And I wonder, I think about those women and I wonder what do they think of us or of the church when they see the kind of language that we sometimes use to talk about this topic. Yeah, yeah. I think most Christians that I see engaging this are careful not to demonize the women. They tend to blame more of like the provider mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah. maybe A man in in the situation who's like coercing, so like the woman is a victim, yeah, which I think is better than like blaming women, but there's still this like one degree of removal. Hmm. Um, and I don't even know, I mean, this is this is kind of a trope and maybe it's cliched, and I do think that a lot of Christians have grown in this regard. But I still think we often operate from an unborn child versus woman mm-hmm. mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we pit one against the other. Yeah. And I'm someone who, you know, has said I'm pro-life, but I also care very deeply about women. Yeah. Yeah. And and women's issues. Sure. And I, I worry that all of this rhetoric is turning women away. Yeah.
0: Hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. speak to, because that is really good. And we will back up what you're saying. Um, <laughs> you know, statistically, there was a Lifeway study done. I don't know if you've seen it, mm. that four out of 10 women who have abortions were going to church at the time. Mm-hmm. And they define that by once a month. They call it regular church attenders. So that's almost half. Mm-hmm. But only 7% of them mm-hmm. talk to anybody at their church about mm-hmm. this decision. So absolutely, I don't think the Christian community has intended it, but we've absolutely sent a message that this Mm -hmm. isn't something that you can come and talk to your small group about or your pastor about. And so the distraction for the Christian community of pointing the finger at all these other players Mm -hmm. and not asking what are we communicating to women is mm-hmm. definitely a huge part of the problem and that we're trying to solve. It's what we're passionate about at Pro Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, would love to hear you talk about, because we're going to also have pro-choice folks on this podcast mm-hmm. and I, I'm hoping there are pro-choice people listening. So go ahead and explain your view because I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, there'll be people listening that'll say, what? You're pro-life and you care deeply about women's, women's mm. issues? Come on. Mm-hmm. How can that be? So dive mm-hmm. into that a little bit because I think there are more people who feel like that um, mm-hmm. than than the polarization makes it look like. Because mm-hmm. you're very right, the political kind of divide does pit the woman against the child. So where does mm-hmm. that leave people that are essentially what you're saying is mm-hmm. I care deeply about both, mm-hmm. and and what does that mean for you? How do you define that? What's that look like? And is that even a place that you could find common ground with people who are Mm, mm pro-choice?
1: Yeah. Well, okay. How do I unpack this? (laughs) So when I say I care deeply about women, um, I recognize that when a woman is pregnant and thinking through her options, that's an incredibly personal Yeah. And, and kind of, and such a vulnerable place to Mm -hmm. be in so often. And it's, it's so personal because we're talking about a woman's body Mm -hmm. and how she lives and moves and have her, has her being in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I never want to, I never want for us to create a society where women feel like their only option is abortion due to economic constraints or lack of social support or that we've created in so many ways, a society that's not hospitable to both women and unborn children flourishing. Right. So that's what I, yeah, that's where I come from when I say I care deeply about women. When I say I'm pro-life, I, I can't shake this sense that like we all started in the womb. Mm -hmm. We all started from this deeply vulnerable place as a Christian. I believe that life is sacred, that we are called to protect vulnerable life, but also recognizing that oftentimes in these situations, it's not just the unborn child. It's the, it's the woman's vulnerability Mm -hmm, as well. And so how do you come around both? Yeah. I mean, one thing that you've said in the past, Angie, that's really stuck with me is you literally cannot care for the unborn child, without caring for the woman, right? That's the way God designed. Like they are, yeah. their their futures, their flourishing, yep. is bound up with yes. one another. And from you know, if I were speaking to someone on the pro-choice side, I think I'd want to say, "What can we do to create a society where?" This is where it gets so tricky. Because, that's okay. Say it and we can always
0: say, <laughs> "Okay, hey, that's not what I meant. That's so the, what this podcast is about. <laughs> the
1: legality question yeah, is right. so hot. Yes, okay? yes, it is. But at the very least, let's say we're taking off the table the idea of like overturning Roe v. Wade completely or making it totally illegal. Right. Let's say that's not on the table. Right. Are there things that we can do together to mm-hmm. create societies that where abortion is legal, safe, and rare? hmm is is can we even talk about reducing the number of mm. abortions cuz i think most people who are pro choice would not not say that like we should try to increase the number we've of abortions we've never
0: heard a pro choice person say that yeah. <laughs> we've talked to a lot of them so yes, yes i would agree with
1: you so can we come to a place where we say it's it remains legal and we also want to make it so that fewer women feel like they have to choose it mm. And so if they feel like they have to choose it, it's of a last resort. Yeah. So that's we, just, bold, so we yeah. just opened. No, we did yeah.
0: because now we got to ask you what your pro-life friends might think about well, what you just said. The, and the that fact is, that you say I'm pro-life and saying this. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, I'm glad you're being honest because, again, that's what this is about, like mm-hmm. trying to understand different points of view. But, yeah, mm-hmm. how is that going to be perceived from mm-hmm. a pro-life person? Well,
1: I mean, one of the comparisons that I've heard is – we didn't talk about reducing slavery. Right. Right. We talked about abolishing slavery because the thing itself, we ag- agreed ultimately right. as a society, was evil right. and was harmful to image bearers. Right. That would be what like the pro life activists would say. Yeah. How can we talk about simply reducing abortion? Our laws of the land should reflect the more the our laws should teach morality and reflect morality as much as simply prevent bad things from happening.
0: Right. Mm. Wow. That's yeah. yeah.
1: So what do you think about that? I know,
0: you're scared. <laughs> so yeah, we don't yeah. We So for your same reason, when you talk about what you just said is when you bring the law in, what we found is it shuts down conversation. Mm. So, you know, we, Progress is very intentionally not political. Have you ever mm. seen me write anything Mm-mm. on I mean I did comment on the New York Law just from a place of a Christian response because it was so important mm. and talked about at the same time what we've what Denise and I have found is and we were working in direct service with women at the mm-hmm. time it, mm-hmm. as we were developing this philosophy, that seems to needs almost needs to be a separate conversation mm. because it just shuts down mm-hmm. conversation everyone's afraid to lose their ground of their mm-hmm. political yeah. so I heard what you were saying as a compassionate thing. Can we work together? Other people might hear it as a, no, we're losing political ground. Yeah, compromise. It's a moral moral compromise. compromise. Yeah. So the way we address that is going back to being image bearers. I love that word. And the maternal instinct that God has put in every woman. Mm -hmm. You know, no little girl dreams about the day she gets to grow up and have her abortion. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just not... Mm-hmm. Part of who we are, mm-hmm. um and it is a set of complex issues mm-hmm. and challenges. And I would say, to your point, which I love what you said, it's an unfriendly culture, mm-hmm. whether you're in college mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whether you're in certain you know, it's still not like, oh, we will it's- help support you, and you and your child will thrive it mm-hmm. it it isn't it's not all equal, which mm-hmm. is why I care deeply about women's rights and women's issues because mm-hmm. it's it's not issue it's not equal. And for me, abortion is a um. hey, let's control our reproduction so we can be like men and still succeed in this world. And I'm like, that's not the full heart for women. Mm-hmm. The full heart for women is that we would have everything we need mm-hmm. to be able to have our children if we want to, even when it's not a convenient time. So I tend to go from the theological position that women don't want this. Yeah. And the vast majority is a desperate situation that I wish I didn't have to make. So right. I agree with you of, and this is why I don't work in the political realm, putting all of our effort into creating structures Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that support women. Mm -hmm. So I would dream of the day where not one woman ever says, I don't want to have an abortion, but I feel like it's my only option. Mm -hmm. And when we were working in direct service with women, we heard that so much. Mm -hmm. And so I think the primary responsibility for that lays on the church Mm. not the government, which yeah. gets into my stance yeah. on it, but that's yeah. kind of how I flesh it yeah. out. And Denise, you're itching to say something, so go ahead. Well, you know, it, I keep thinking about what you said about
2: Christians engage in this conversation from a disembodied, mm. or I think that was the word you mm. used, and even when you said what you thought um, the pro-life position would be, that's that still felt very disembodied to me in that, mm. Let's end it. That's what we should be going for. But what do we do with that? Like, Mm -hmm. how then do we engage in that? How do we sit across, like you say, from somebody who Mm -hmm. doesn't agree with that? How do we find common ground? How do we try Mm -hmm. then to work? On behalf of women and children so that they can both thrive. Like, you know, so I, it's like, I don't know what to do with that yeah. other than to say, well, one step at a time, we come together and, and try to figure out kind of on the ground mm-hmm. how to make a difference. Yeah. do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. speak to that a little bit. I yeah. even wanted to hear what you meant by disembodied conversations or, mm. or approach or whatever word you used.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, first to your point about on the ground work to serve women and children, I think that is a really great place to start in conversations between pro-choice and pro-life leaders to say, how can we serve people and care for people? Um, Because I I believe the vast majority of people who identify as pro-choice are coming from a place of wanting to care for women. I don't think they're coming from a place of I mean, just the worst kind of stereotypes you could have of someone in that position. I think the vast majority believe that they are doing what's best for women. Right.
0: So well, And children. I mean, they, and they're yeah, thinking, right. they're thinking they're protecting children from yeah. abuse. So, I mean, this is yeah. all what we've heard, yes. Yeah.
1: So then on the second point about, you know, conversations about outlawing abortion or making it illegal, I think we have to remember that, even if, if it were the law of the land and even if Christians felt like the law of the land on this issue reflected their beliefs, there would probably still be women seeking abortion. Yeah. That's not to say that the legal efforts should be stopped. Right. right. But it is to say the there would still be people to serve even if the law reflected our most deeply held convictions. Yeah. Right? Well, actually,
0: let's, let's talk about that. There would be immensely more people to serve and are we as a church ready to do that mm. did you write that article or someone else we, kelly rosati yeah yeah which, <laughs> i was like wait i know i saw that yeah yeah and you quoted it and it's like You know, and I've heard this argument. So if we're gonna lay out things we've heard, let's lay it out from both sides. Yeah. One side I've heard from Christian leaders is okay, if we're gonna overturn Roe v. Wade, are we ready for all to take care of all those children? Mm. And just in my spirit, I'm like, hold the phone, stop, time out. There's two people involved in this. Again, to our value in the women too. Are we willing to support women? And there is something I think if i can just bring it out it seems easier for christians to think about supporting and helping a
1: an innocent child
0: yeah, yes yeah than a woman who's a woman you know i'm a messy woman you know mm-hmm. we're all messy women but when someone's a grown up you know and they you know it's just a little harder for the church like you mean
1: like they've had sex They've had sex,
0: or they're bestie, or their, yeah, I wasn't actually thinking specifically of sex, but yeah, well, I have had sex, yes, so. All right, I don't like where this is going here. Sorry, I,
1: I <laughs> let us down that road, but, but. Yes,
0: yes, so yes, they had sex outside of marriage, and or there's other issues in their life that they're struggling with, which would have made mm. them consider abortion. Well, now, church, we wouldn't just be taking care of the child. Mm-hmm. What would Jesus be doing? Mm-hmm. He'd be in there with the woman, because... And I was just trying to say, like all of us, she's in a situation where she needs support and grace and help. Yeah. And so I think for us, it's an expanding of the Christian understanding of um what how can we outlaw something without asking why women have been seeking it for the past 40 years, right? Yeah. <laughs> I saw you sigh. Okay, does that resonate? Yes, like because, without addressing the root issue.
1: And I think is I think this is why women are needed in this conversation so much because I think women instinctively understand that the vast majority of women don't want in their hearts to have an abortion, but that they feel pressured or constrained or that it might be their best option. And we have to do a lot of work to understand what would lead. Well, why people don't make huge life decisions in a vacuum, right? There's a context and a history and relationships and fears and shame and all of that, that get baked into why someone makes a decision like that one way or the other. And I think I I can't speak for like most Christians or all Christians, but I do think a lot of Christians have some work to do in their imagination Mm -hmm. to understand what would lead a woman to make a choice one way or the other.
0: Right. Right. And that I think is you're speaking to what started us on this journey a decade ago is in all these conversations, no one was asking why. Mm -hmm. And a lot of assumptions are made. And Mm -hmm. I've honestly heard quite offensive assumptions made about women who have an abortion that just are not True. And mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, if we were able to lay on ourselves everything that a certain woman is going through, we would say, oh, I actually think in that same position, I could have made that same decision. Mm-hmm. And this is part of the growth for Christians because for some reason it's come to be the, and I don't I don't want to use a cliched word, but I'm going to because I can think about it, like the unforgivable sin. Mm-hmm. Like we treat abortion like that mm-hmm. when in reality... It's um, if you really sit and listen to the stories of women who've had abortions, after two or three of those stories, you know, I was like, well, I could have quite possibly done the very same thing in that mm-hmm. situation. I would have grieved it. I would have regretted it. But I'm he- I'm hearing why. And that right there shifts so many honest, things. If you're your most honest self. Then you'd say, yeah. And that right there shifts so many things in our minds. And that's part of the problem with this conversation is it's so secret it's so hidden that a lot of us as believers haven't sat across from a woman mm-hmm. who faced this mm-hmm. and haven't understood the why. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. part of back to your disembodied. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where yeah. you get disembodied in assumptions and stereotypes when we haven't actually yeah. heard right. stories. And right. it's contributed to what we
2: know because we've researched and we've seen that the, church, the church's doors aren't wide open right now for women facing unplanned pregnancy. It's Sadly, but truly, not a safe place for women to come and say, um, "I'm in need of support and Mm -hmm. care." And which that
0: statistic
2: shows so clearly, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So. But because yet, of the
1: shame of having had sex outside of marriage, or
2: and the shame of a pregnancy
1: yes, when you're being a yeah, single mom, as, and, and
2: a single
0: mom, and, and,
2: and, and they not even,
1: seeing any others; like they don't
0: see anybody else, and pregnant. no
2: positive story of what their future or the the future's
0: child could be, or no support. A lot of them the in that study future. said there's there's no program or support, yeah, or it's just right. not. It's when we're silent, yeah. mm-hmm. then a lot of right. you know. So
2: I know right. that that's just a. A place of confusion for me to see that the focus of the Christian community is on ending abortion, changing this law, but yet our doors aren't wide open to receive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think, gosh, is that is that Jesus? Is that the
1: gospel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I, I'm I'm just thinking through why. Okay, so this is a controversial topic. Oh, go ahead. Not go that ahead. we're not already talking about. So, my belief is that, oh, this is just going to like annoy some people, but that's fine. If they're listening this far, they'll be fine.
0: Stay with us, everybody. And have grace for us. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, I do feel like there's something, there's something of an imaginative blind spot for a lot of men on mm. this topic. Okay. And that's not to say that men shouldn't be part of this conversation because abortion affects men, you know, as, as partners or, um, they're, they're often trying to figure out what their role is in a decision. They don't want to impinge upon a woman's kind of autonomy, but they might also be grieving. Like there's just, there's, and we don't talk about that enough, Mm -hmm. but I do think that when you're, you're thinking about like, male Christian leaders. Mm. I just wonder, would they have a conversation with a woman who is considering abortion? Mm. What would that look like? Yeah. yeah. Could they, would it, I'm sure it'd be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's like so personal and we're talking about a woman's body right. and I don't know. I just, I, I, I think a lot of men want to be compassionate and Mm. want to understand and recognize that there's a part of this conversation that they're probably not fully getting. Yeah. But then I see men on Twitter where I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. Yeah. Right. (laughs) right. I have that thought a lot. And hit as a woman. It does. Mm. Yeah. "Ah." Mm. And so I'm, I'm, it's almost like I can hear a woman's perspective easier Mm -hmm. on this, even though I do reject the narrative that abortion is a women's only issue. I think it's a community yes, issue. Right. I think it's a male and female issue. Mm-hmm. It's its bigger than just a woman and her body, right? Right, right. But there is
0: something unique. Absol- yeah. that's, that's designed by God. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, we talk about pregnancies. There's nothing else like it. Mm-hmm. And so we have to honor, you know, God's design of that. That's yeah. that uniqueness you're yeah. speaking to. yeah. 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 Yeah, well, what we're finding, and I would like to encourage you with this, kudos to Christian men because um, as we're talking with leaders, it's like a lot of pastors don't talk about it because they don't want to hurt women, mm-hmm. and they don't, you know what I'm saying. And so, and we're not, you know, one of pro grace thing. We don't go in there and say, "Hey, pastors, you'd be the one every woman would come to with her story." That's not it. But it's about men also being part of a community mm-hmm. that is safe, mm-hmm. and men changing the way they talk, which. Points to what they say on Twitter. And and actually, men having, I love when men have the respect to say, I really want to be involved in this issue, but I don't want women to think I'm trying to take it over. Like, that's such a beautiful Mm. response. They're respecting the uniqueness while also wanting to be part of this Mm -hmm. conversation and having a humble ear to learn. And even the pastors that want to learn from us, I think is also a healing thing in this movement, Mm. that we're women talking about this and men are fine listening and hearing. Mm. But once a man understands what a woman's really going through, the crisis, We've seen them have tremendous empathy oh, yeah. and then be able to shift the culture of the church so that mm. they may not be the person
1: the woman goes to. She might go to a small group leader yeah. or
0: whatever, but they're leading this cultural change and they're mm-hmm. doing a great job of it.
1: Right. And maybe they're fine they're helping to find the woman or women within the church who can be raised up as leaders oh, yes. absolutely, so that those women are very safe people right. yes. to have one-on-one conversations yes. with.
2: And we're all together, men and women in the church. We're on a journey and learning and growing if we just take steps, even like we're doing right now, to just have the conversation, just to start talking about it. I think it's just, it's going to build bridges. It's going to make it easier for men If a woman comes to them or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, it's got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's starting just with opening the conversations in the church to say, let's talk about this Mm -hmm. instead
0: of fight or be polarized or hate or demonize. Let's just talk. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Let's be open. Yeah. And not, we don't want to demonize men. I think that's really important in this yeah. discussion. Right. Um, and I feel that same tension. It's like respecting the uniqueness of what a woman goes through. So what would you like to say to the men on Twitter, Caitlin? Like, what is it that we want to... <laughs> you don't you know, want, want me being, to share No, oh, like, I'm serious. No, no. And remember,
2: no demonizing.
0: What, what, <laughs> what yeah, <do> exactly. <laughs> no. What do we want to hear from our Christian brothers? You know, what do yeah. we want them to, to I, say?
1: I think you know it's it i i would want to say yes like this is this is a core issue i understand your convictions about it i understand why from the political side you feel fired up or you know frustrated or angry mm-hmm. sad you know that's fine listen try to sit with that and then empathetically imagine mm. what it might be like to feel alone, and to be considering bringing a child, another child into the world, mm-hmm. How, can you imagine what that might feel like? And if not, can you start to listen to voices who can reflect that back to you? Yeah, and learn from that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think listening, a listening posture, is really important, and it's really hard when we feel threatened. You know, I think a lot of what – I know that there are strong convictions driving the pro-life community. I also think there is a sense of we're losing the culture. We're losing – you know, we're on a slippery slope or we're in a post-Christian time and there's a sort of sense of loss and a fear about where we could be headed culturally. And when we're f- afraid, we can't – we, like, physiologically and mentally can't listen like, mm-hmm. you know, we are, we're unable to really consider.
0: Yeah. Because we're in self-protection mode. Yeah. Exactly. In
2: defensive
0: posture. You've actually just described a lot of what happens to a lot of women when they have abortion. I mean, fear is at the root mm-hmm. of this yeah. <laughs> in so many areas. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so to compound that with our own fear and, and not listen. And I say, listen first to Jesus, yeah. because he's our model in how he mm-hmm. talked to people. He never had that panicky Mm -hmm. afraid, you know, and and we don't have to be either. But you're Mm -hmm. right. There is a lot of fear. When you just said that, I'm like, oh, fear's on all sides of this conversation, Mm -hmm. making us all do things we wouldn't normally do Mm -hmm. if we weren't in self-preservation and afraid. Yeah.
1: And when we're in that mode, we only want to listen to people who affirm our views and kind of solidify our core intuitions. But if we're unafraid, we can kind of be more open yeah. and present to thinking through the complexity of any issue, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So,
2: and I think, so it's fear that keeps us from engaging in conversations with women or, you know, really seeking to minister, or serve a woman facing a planned pregnancy. It's also fear that keeps us from having any conversation with somebody outside of our mm-hmm. circle of, belief and mm-hmm. but fear is that's that's the evil ones doing it's always <laughs> hit i mean is fear
0: ever from god yeah it's never it from never god is and perfect love casts out fear yeah. And so that's what we want to see. I mean, God's heart, his love for the woman and the child is so expansive. That's mm-hmm. what I'm not sure we've grabbed on yet, too, as Christians. Mm-hmm. And he has a plan. Mm-hmm. And, and so in really saying, I'm going to refuse to be afraid yeah. and look to him and say, you've got a way to solve this. We don't have to go down to the level of yeah. the fearful fighting. No. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Take he has a plan, level. and
2: he's ultimately in control. Mm-hmm. He knows what's happening. Mm-hmm. He understands the culture and where things are mm-hmm. heading or not heading or whatever, and mm-hmm. we can trust him for yeah. that. And then, yeah. be a part of bringing his kingdom here in yeah. this without fear, because yeah. as you say,
0: fears fears not of God, right? Amen. Mm. You're so, Amen. Th- you're <laughs> so thoughtful. <laughs> I was going to say, as we wrap up, Caitlin, you're so articulate. Like I'm just sitting here listening to the way you put words together. Like, I just feel so good listening to you. Like (laughs) really it's been fantastic you're a master of the english language you really it's like, oh i are. love how she said
2: that yes. baked in and stuff it's like i wish i could use and words I was like what's
0: that what's a trope
2: i know wow, i haven't even heard really that but it's
0: beautiful <laughs> yeah whatever it is i love it and i and i would say this too your heart is so beautiful on this and yeah. you are so ready i hope that you go out and have tons of conversation yeah. and with right choice people and yeah and do it because i think Just as we on the Christian side have stereotypes of all sorts of things, the people in the community have a certain stereotype we Mm -hmm. found of Christians. Mm -hmm. And like I said, they'd have a hard time saying, wait, you're pro-life and
1: so Mm. concerned
0: with women's issues at the same time. And we need Mm. to have that conversation more. So I hope you find a ton of pro-choice people in New York Mm. to start talking with.
1: (laughs) I I, I probably won't be at a loss of finding some. Maybe after this
0: podcast, they'll listen and call you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or find me on Twitter and DM me, whatever. But um, yeah, I think kind of one of the refreshing things about moving here recently is that I get to figure out what it means to follow Jesus in a place where it's not, it's taken for granted. Like Mm -hmm. most of my neighbors probably don't. Right. (laughs) But believing that God is here. Yeah. yeah. He is here. Even in one of the most liberal states in the country. And, you know, yeah, I... I'm excited by what could happen here. Yeah, you
0: should awesome. go to the prayer meeting we were at this yeah. morning. We'll tell you about it. But yeah. God is God doing is things yeah. in New York and, mm. and just love what he's doing in his body. Like as mm. you were speaking, I was like, yes, we just need to get this message out of mm. Jesus's way of peace and hope and dialogue. And mm-hmm. I think he's doing it more than we know. But mm. sometimes the voices that are the loudest aren't those voices. So mm-hmm. I'm glad we've heard your voice yeah. today. It's, great. <laughs> it's been great. Thank, well, you. thank you. Thanks for thanks being for with having us. us. And thanks to everyone for joining us. I hope this has inspired you to go out and have conversations, even if your thoughts aren't well-formed, like ours weren't totally today. We took chances. Hope you'll take chances and start to have these conversations too. Thanks.